Bookmaker and welcome to the Opening Up podcast where we are peeking into the heads and hearts of extraordinary people from all over the world. I'm your host, Carolina Kvash. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends or use the currency of feedback and give it a little review on iTunes. This will really help the show to spread to people that have never heard about it and who might find it fun or inspiring. My first guest is very special to me because she's a huge crush of mine. Leonie Dawson is an artist, a hippie, a mama, a creator, international best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, but most of all, she's just a really fascinating human being who's not afraid to be herself in all the meanings of the word. If you know Leonie, you know she swears like a bloke. She has very strong opinions and very firm boundaries, which are some of the topics that we will be covering in our conversation. Uh, mostly we'll be talking about authenticity in both life and business and how come she is flying her freak flag this graciously. Leonie is a very open person about even very deep and personal topics and so I also ask her about where she draws the line in deciding what she's going to share with her audience and what she's going to keep for herself. We also discussed shifting away from social media or closing her signature product which was the Shining Life and Biz Academy. Lastly, we have also touched a little bit of parenting where she shared the best parenting advice that she has ever received. I really hope you will enjoy our conversation and without further ado, I bring you Leonie Dawson. So hi Leonie and welcome to my podcast. Thanks for coming. Oh god, you are so cute. It's so good to catch up again. Like it's been a little too long. It's like 2016-ish since we last saw each other. Yeah, I love how you say that, how, like, if we are actually besties. I feel like that, but... <laughs> friends. But, like, I feel like that about, like, as soon as I get to meet, like, any of my readers, I'm like, oh, thank God, because now we're, like, actual, like, friends, and I know, like, a bit of you, and, like, because we're, like, it's, like, our third time, like, talking, right? Because we were, like, Sydney, and then the conference, and then, yeah, it's been it's been lovely, and I adore you, so it's been awesome. No, I'm going to start crying and that will be the best beginning of the podcast. You were so cute. <laughs> you were the sweetest. Yeah, well, I wanted to invite you over and talk with you about like fly, flying your freak flag in life in general, but in business as well, because you have been such an inspiration for me on so many levels, because I mean, you are you, okay? You are this like crazy hippie person that wears tie-dye fashion, but at the same time, you are this like marketing wizard and business queen that earns so much money and who also has kids, but also speaks openly about how it sucks to be a parent sometimes. And then mm. you swear like a bloke, you say fuck a lot, but then at the same time, you can be so open and vulnerable and talk about really deep emotional things in a way that really touches you and makes you cry and you feel so much connection. And so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about all of these things with you. How come you are so real? And, you know, if, if there was any road to that led you to this, or if you were just being you because that's the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, like, I think I've always been this and this personality and this kind of like 
TMI, like um, when I was 16 and I sent myself to boarding school and I would write like I create these art journals and I use exactly the same kind of art journals now and it's still like one of my favorite practices. But I would like send my journal around the, the, the dorm and everyone read it, you know, like, and so now blogging and like creating a business online is like that. It's, you know, I can create these things and share it with people. Um, and I think just because I see really clearly that we're so, we so think that we're alone in this and we're really not at all. Um, and it brings me so much joy just to be all of myself. I think I cottoned on at a really early age, like, Oh, I could actually just like really enjoy this, this body and this soul that I've been given um, and have a really great time with it because, like, what's the point of second-guessing it and what's the second of not being, like, what's, it just wouldn't be fun to not be all of myself, you know, so why not? But how did you find it in business? Because I find, like, I am, I think as a personality, I am pretty open and authentic myself because that's the way I am. I talk about everything immediately, even like super intimate things. I usually share with a lot of people because that's how I actually deal with all the stuff as well. Mm. But I find that oftentimes in business, I am much more restricted. So for example, the swearing thing, like I swear a lot in my personal life, even in front of my child. Okay. And I'm not yeah. ashamed about it because I'm no. like, well, this is how I am. Like, You know, she's yeah. probably going to start using these words at some point. So it's good if there's no shaming around it and she knows the context where and how to use them. But totally. then when I'm faced with a situation where I'm kind of like, oh, now it would be really good to like swear or like use uh, a bad word in like a blog post or something. I second guess myself. And oftentimes I don't do that because I feel like it's not appropriate or something. Whereas you don't really have this filter whatsoever. No. So I guess my question is like, is that something you got to think about or you just let yourself go and you don't give a shit about what people will think or how does that work for you? I just don't really see like a separation really between like my life self and my business self. Like I started a business so I could be all of myself, you know, I could have stayed and had like a government career. I was thinking about like getting into politics and stuff like that. And I really quickly realized like, Oh no, I'm not going to be able to be all of myself in those environments. Um, I could have stayed in the public service and had a really successful career in that. But again, I was like, I can't be all of myself here. So why would I like go to the trouble of creating a business and leaving like the government and leaving my idea of um, going into politics and recreate the same conditions when I'm the boss. Like I can do what I want. Um, it's like the same reason why I don't work 40 hours a week. I work 10 hours a week because why would I leave my job to create another job for myself? That's just dumb. Um, so I just like, I just committed to turning up and being all of myself and um, I don't really get any like negativity from it. Like occasionally, like, It's a woman over a certain age, usually from America, because in America they seem to not swear as much. Um, but, like, in Australia and England, we're all like, yeah, fuck, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, our, it's our national language. And so I often joke, like, when, when I get told off, I'm like, oh, how dare you? Like, this is my national language. Like, I just make a joke out of it. And I tell people, and I've told people for years, it's totally fine. If you don't fucking like swearing, just press unfollow it's totally fine but I'm not going to stop swearing because you don't enjoy it it's totally like 
It's not like I'm not going to change the way that I look. I'm not going to change the way that I dress. I'm not going to change any parts of that for anyone else. I'll just do whatever the fuck I like. And this brings me joy. So I'm doing whatever the fuck I like. So have you ever faced any issues around like approval from your clients or followers or things like that? Because the way you put it, it sounds like you don't even think about it. Like, yeah, I don't give a shit about what other people think. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. Bye. Whereas I feel like the majority of us, of other people, and like especially in business, when you're trying to also like create a persona where, when, you know, like you are seen publicly as well, we are seeking for approval. And that's such a huge part of it because I am, I am, I guess, scared that I will be rejected by people if all of a sudden I start swearing and somebody feels it's inappropriate. And it's weird because in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't want to work with such people anyways. I just mm. want to work with people that like don't mind me swearing because that's who I am. But still, you've got that filter in there. And so that's my question. You don't have that filter or like, have you ever doubted yourself and were kind of like looking for approval or not at all? I think because like it's been like such a long journey for me. So I've seen the results of just being completely myself on the internet. And the thing is like, I... I am sure I've gotten 10 times the amount of clients than I've ever lost because I fucking swear. Mm. Like when I get an email from people, they send me like the loveliest like emails, like I love your writing because it touches me. I love, you know, this and that. And I'm really grateful for that. And they say, plus I just fucking love how real you are and you actually fucking swear. Um, because my people are people who would like me in real life and I'm exceedingly inappropriate in real life. And I swear a lot. And, um, I make horrific jokes and the people who are going to really enjoy being around me are people who have that personality mm. and I'm going to turn off a lot of people, but that's okay. Michael Port in his book, book yourself solid. He talks about the red velvet rope and the red velvet rope means that you don't allow all, all potential clients into your business and you really clearly show exactly who you are and who you serve. Um, and that red velvet rope. And for me, like one part of it is swearing. One part of it is, um, you know, being to it TMI. Uh, one thing is being a complete fucking dag. Um, those are things that turn off some people. And that's actually really good because they're not the kind of person I would gel with whatsoever. Um, and it entices the people who love me to come in and it's fucking perfect. Mm. have you had that since the beginning like even when you didn't have that many clients and didn't feel that security that like you actually have a foundation strong solid foundation and that you can say no to clients and therefore you don't have to act or pretend something in order to get some people as clients I guess that it wasn't thinking strategically like that it was because what I started off with I started on message boards like back in 2000 and one or two I think 2001-2002 before Facebook and so we had to be on a PHP BB forum um and I just like I was just kind of enamored with this idea of sharing online and so I would share on there and I made some amazing friends on there on the the Sark who's the author Sark she had this incredible message board um and I made so many friends through that and I realized like oh by just turning up and being all of myself like people are actually getting like are interested by this. How weird. 
Um, and I would like make art and then I would share about my art and people were like, can I buy it? And I'm like, oh, what? And then people were like, do you have a book I can read? And um, do you have like, you know, a blog? And I was like, huh? Um, and so I had just by turning up and being myself, it wasn't like I wasn't doing it in order to try and build a business, try and be clients. I was just like, yeah, let's share the internet. Um, and people kept coming to me and loving it. And so I'm like, well, I'll just continue on in this merry direction. Mm. So it wasn't something that I've thought about mm. strategically, really. It's only something that I've like thought about like retroactively going, oh, why is that? Oh, okay, cool. But I was just doing it because it's the most fun way to do it. That's what I love about you, that you just don't give a fuck. And it's amazing. It's like there's so much freedom in it. I just love it. Just like listening to you, watching your content, because It is so liberating and you kind of like you gave me permission in so many ways to be myself. And because, for example, when I write in Czech, obviously you have like a very official formal language that you can write in. And, you know, that's the mainstream. Like you see that in the media and the newspaper, Internet, magazines, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got the language that you actually speak and how mm -hmm. you talk with your mates. And so when I started blogging, This is how I wrote. I wrote the way I actually spoke. And a lot of people love it. And those are my readers and followers. But then there's this huge group of people that are like, you are ruining the language. This is what are you doing to it? You're like raping Czech language because this is not how words are supposed to be written and, and stuff like that. And so you were a huge part in like giving myself a permission to write the way I want to write because yeah, yeah, there definitely is an audience for this. Also a huge thing you taught me is boundaries. How like you have no issues with telling somebody to fuck off because <laughs> you, you say the rules from the get go, like in your academy, for example, these are mm -hmm. the rules. If you don't follow them, you'll be kicked out Bye. like you knew what you were signing up for. And if you didn't, well, that's, your fucking problem not mine and that's also I was like whoa you can actually do that to people <laughs> it was something I, I definitely like had to learn because like I was like I'm, I'm a real like I'm a giver uh, and I also wasn't raised in a family with boundaries you know like I wasn't if you ever said no to anyone in my family it's just it doesn't matter because they just want to do it anyway so too bad for you um, and so it was definitely like a learned skill because at a certain point you have to build them in otherwise you continue getting damaged and so I just try and be really clear with people this is how we behave in these spaces I um Like I have a really good reputation online with creating really safe spaces that are drama free, um, you know, like 99.9% of the time. And that's unheard of in online communities. The Academy has been around for nearly nine years now. I, do, I can't even think off the top of my head if there has been any dramas in there. I've got one example when we delved into a discussion about vaccination in the Academy Uh, forum and it was so oh, yeah, beautiful right. and peaceful and there was like literally the first time and everybody was commenting on this like this is the only and first time and probably the last time when we are having an actual debate online about this nobody fighting with anybody and it was amazing yeah it's like because I think you can you can disagree about subjects yeah. but you can do it like with peace in your heart like 
you know, like if you want to be an asshole on the internet, great. That's what the rest of the internet's for. But in my in my spaces online, that is a no go. Like you treat each other kindly because we're all friends. Um, and when we see each other in real life, we are friends. Like you know, everyone becomes like this this community. So, um, you know, that's it's. I think boundaries are really important to uphold in order to like truly fulfill the intention that you have, and it helps people feel safer and. Uh, it helps everyone be their best selves because they realize, oh, this is what's expected and this is how I behave in these spaces. And it's so few and far between where I've actually had to, um, I think I've, I've, I've kicked out less than five people out of the academy over the last nine years. Um, and those were like, you know, some pretty big situations. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, you know, like somebody called another person a bitch and it's like, wow, that's 100% a not a go, uh, like a no-go zone because for me, like I love swearing, but you never swear at someone. Um, you can say, oh, my fucking God, like, oh, holy shit. Like, <laughs> but you're like, you don't never go, you're a fucking tool bag. Like that's, yeah. it's just not, it's not the energy, you know. Um, so, you know, you have, like, for me, I have to protect the space that is the academy. I have to protect any spaces and I have to protect myself as well because if I didn't have boundaries, um, I wouldn't be able to continue doing this, you know, because it would be unhealthy. Yeah, I really like how you make this very clear, even in your newsletters, for example, because, like, if you're writing and you write so personally as well, oftentimes, and then in the very end, you have like a footnote which says, please, if you want to give me advice on this or blah, 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 just please don't do that. This is not yeah. what I'm looking for. And again, it, this is great because so many times, like you only have this in your head, but you are like already preventing people from doing this and saving yourself so much time and energy by just explicitly saying that out loud, please don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, completely. Like, um, I like last, last week I did exactly the same, like diddly that I was sharing about how my daughter had to go into hospital for general anesthetic for some dental work. And, you know, I just like, I, I kind of have an idea now what's likely going to happen um, in those situations. Like 99% of people will be fantastic. And there will be one 1% of people who are confused about what I'm actually asking for. And um, will give me some advice that I don't need uh, about, you know, like this remedy or that remedy or how you shouldn't use general anesthetics and hospitals are evil or whatever, like hippie conspiracy theory we were on this week. Um, and that's not what I'm, I'm not asking for that. And I'm not interested in anyone else's um, medical choices for their family. I'm really not like that. Otherwise I'd be Googling it and making a, a, an open request for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And that what happens yeah. on like social media so much that like you share. And I find, especially now uh, being a mom in oh my circles, God. parenting circles, everybody has an opinion. Everybody is so convinced that they have the right approach. And yeah, whatever right? you share. And sometimes you just share for the sake of sharing. Like you just don't want to feel alone in something. And then people start messaging you like, oh, so my son started walking when he was like four freaking months. So, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you are like you are in a situation where your baby is like a year old and not crawling yet or like, yeah. you know, they start telling you that they're autistic or whatever advice. And you're just like you're having a meltdown because it makes you feel even more alone than you were feeling before. So, Completely. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's really hard. Like the early years, the best bit of parenting advice I ever got was um, my husband's cousin, who's the godmother of our kids. Um, I said, like when I was a new mom 
And I said to her, I'm just failing so bad. Like the books that I read, I'm not measuring up to them whatsoever. And she gave me the biggest hug and she wrapped her arms around me and she whispered into my hair and she said, Leonie, I want you to go home and I'll take, I want you to take out those books and then I want you to fucking burn them. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go home and burn those fucking books because you are a great mum and you're a great person and you need to be kinder to yourself. Um, so I did. I did. I went home and the ones that had caused me pain because I felt like it was something I could never do and it was something to not measure up to, like I couldn't measure up to, I burned. Uh, and I will say it was for me it was the continuum concept and I have ha- heard from other mothers that that book has also caused like mental breakdowns for them too. So I, I had no continuum. idea what that book is. Never heard of it. <laughs> Oh, it's basically you never put your foot, your your baby down on the ground because oh. in tribes they they always in arms oh, and it's yeah. just it's bullshit. It's twaddle. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that about the book. Maybe I should burn it too, like make a ritual of burning the Naomi Aldrich book. Uh, what yes. is it called? Like growing our children, growing ourselves, or raising our oh. children, raising ourselves. Oh, my God, shut up. That, yeah, that book is the worst. Like, agreed, agreed. And for anyone who's, like, these are, like, their great spiritual, like, parenting books, I'm so glad that that was your response. But for, like, others, like, we're just like, oh, God, I die on the inside. Yeah, I, because I had a difficult time with Josefina, with my daughter, a couple months ago. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to read a book and I'll fix everything. I'll become this amazing you know, free range parent I always wanted to be. And then I opened the book and I started crying because I just felt like, no, but like she has all these examples there, how like your child helps you make lasagna by like putting tomato sauce all over the walls in the kitchen because they're helping, right? And so the proper reaction is not to start yelling and having a meltdown, but actually thanking the child and being realizing like taking time, like, taking two deep breaths and then being like, oh, thank you, darling. You wanted to help me, right? And I just want to fucking kill myself because if this happens to me, I'm like, it's your natural response to be fucking angry because now you're going to be cleaning up for four hours instead of baking freaking lasagna. How can you thank your child for this? Really? And so now they're like, oh, cool. Mom loves it when I do this shit. Woohoo! Yeah. Like... (laughs) It gives me the shits, like, these people that are, like, don't give boundaries to their kids. Like, no, you don't do that. Like, no. Uh, that's, that's not how we roll. And also, it's not like mothers are, like, completely time poor. It's like, oh, thank you for giving four extra hours. I didn't know what I was going to do with those four extra hours in my day. <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I think I have a plan for the rest of the afternoon. I'll burn that book. <laughs> Baby, and just enjoy it too, and just chant to yourself, I am a great mother just as I am. I'm a great mother just as I am. Fuck you, book, fuck you. Yeah, I will do that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, when being open and authentic and everything, do you have a line that you're not crossing? Or, like, is it set even for you or is it like you are discovering it as you as you go? It, it definitely evolves for me. So I used to be completely happy with sharing about my kids yeah. and sharing photos of my, te- my kids and like kind of what they were, they were going through. Um, and I remember Deuce, the, um, like the original mummy blogger, writing about this and she said when her kid turned about six or seven, she was no longer comfortable with it because mm. um, she realised like it was – 
like they were developing their own personality. And before that, they're just toddlers. And so you can make like all the shit jokes, like, you know, that they shit and they vomit and they make messes. Like it's like, there's nothing particularly interesting up to then. And then they really start developing personalities. Um, so for me, it was just a really natural turn. So it was about two years ago for me when I thought, Oh no, I'm, I'm not sharing my kids online anymore. Mm. So, um, you would, you'd rarely see a picture of my kids faces. Now it's only a special occasion, like a Christmas card or something. Um, and I don't, I, I'm happy to share about my mental health. I'm happy to share about my experience of mothering, but I'm not happy to share about the details of their lives, if that makes mm. sense. Mm. So is that for like privacy or because you don't want to kind of like form their own personalities online before they can do it? Or what's the... What's oh, the good question. Um, good question. So I think part of it is um, one, they're like, they have a right to tell their story their own way. Um, and I don't want like in the future for somebody to Google their name and to like be able to read their mother's like, you know, most details about like everything they've gone through. Mm. Um, like I'll let them write their own story uh, and two security concerns as well. Like, you know, it's, I, I'm pretty free. And like, if anyone recognizes me in the street, I'm so super happy to like meet them and introduce my kids if they're with me and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, I, I got to a point where I didn't want my kids to be uh, instantly recognizable on their own, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because that's kind of like the level of, I don't know, internet, internet fame I'm at now. I don't feel like there's anything like a particular threat. Like I've got crazy family who are absolutely more of a threat than anyone on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's just, it's just like, and I don't give an absolute, I, I absolutely do not give a fuck what anyone else does with their kids. Like, cause I love reading about other people's kids online. I love seeing everyone else's pictures. And um, so if people want to share about it and they feel great about it, like, whoa, that's amazing. It was just a really personal decision. And that changed for me over time. Well, I guess it's also different if you have like hundreds and thousands of followers and if you have like, you know, your family following you yeah. on your social media, right? Totally, totally. And I do have like a um, a really small private Facebook profile as well where like I do and these are like actual friends like mm. that like I see in everyday life, like others like school moms and stuff um, and some family members, <laughs> the non-crazy ones. Um And, um, yeah, like, so I'm happy to like share to like those, it's like less than 200 people, like pictures and yeah. little updates, um, there, but yeah, I don't, I don't particularly want to broadcast to, you know, a yeah. few hundred thousand people. So it's mostly, you are mostly restricted regarding other people than yourself though. Like when we're talking Absolutely. about yourself, nothing is really over the line for you. No, yeah, not really. No. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I'm just trying to, yeah, be mindful of, and it's basically like my husband and my husband's story. Like I don't want to particularly share and, um, you know, and in particular, like crazy family members, I don't want to share specifically about them either. So I'll just say more like I'm having a hard time. I can't talk about it because it's not completely my story. Um, yeah, I just try and walk like a path that feels good and true and authentic. Yeah, and I think that's also understandable. You don't want to drag 
any outsiders into your story and your life and your totally. appearance online. Yeah. yeah. I found that like lately you have done a lot of, well, not changes, but you have shifted because you used to use at least Instagram quite a bit, but recently you have slowed down a bit and you have written a lot about how you are like leaving social media in terms of business. So what are your thoughts about this, about like being a business or like operating as a business person on social media? So, I mean, I've always said exactly the same thing is that mm. social, you should not use social media to build your business, like use it as a marketing tool, but do not use it as your primary way to communicate with customers because at any point in time, um, your ability to contact those customers can be restricted and um, you'll be forced to pay more and more and more to access your own yeah. fucking customers. Um, and I've been like harping on about this since like 2013, 2014. Like it's it's not a new story for me. Like I'm not leaving social media per se. I just don't like I'm putting more and more emphasis on building my mailing list. And I or like it's always been my emphasis anyway. But my direct point of contact with people, I want to be the mailing list because social media is a shit way of keeping up with people. Think of all the people that you're like, oh wow, like I'll go press like on their stuff and then I'll hear about it. You're never going to hear from them again. Like you're just not like um, it's the, that's how algorithms work. I've got 130,000 people on Facebook who signed up to hear from me and less than 1% hear from me, like less than a thousand. Um, and it's a thousand on a good day. That is less than 1%. That's a really fucking sad figure. Um, so whereas, you know, like I remember the days where it was more than a hundred percent of your people would see it. So um, yeah, I just can't be asked. Like it's, it's not smart business sense to really place so much emphasis on there. If you're going to use, like, if you're going to use it, then make sure you've got a plan to bring people back to your own mailing list, because that's the relationship you can own. So are you using any like social media ads sometimes, or you're not opting for this at all because you don't need to really? Um, so I don't, I don't usually use, um, ads. I'm thinking about maybe like using like 20 bucks of them, like in the next couple of days to advertise <clears throat> webinar and see if I like doing it. But usually it's not Facebook ads. I'm sure it's a great way for some people to, um, to get new clients. And I'm sure it's a great way for most people to burn their money in a fucking fire pit. Yeah. I was like, and it's so complicated too. I tried to set it up a couple of months ago and I was like, what on earth am I looking at? I felt like my grandma when she, you know, has a cell phone in her head. So she's like, oh my God, well, yeah. Well, like, well, how do I pick up the call? And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I was just, and then when I finally set everything up, they rejected my text because apparently it was like directly uh, assigned, not assigning, what is the word? Like when you are, so basically when you're di directly describing your client, which is what you fucking want to do though. Like if you are targeting your clients, you want to, you know, describe how they're feeling and like who they are so that they relate to it. Right. But apparently the new policy on Facebook so that it's like politically correct is that you can't directly assume that someone's like believes something or that someone is black or yellow or purple with white dots or, you know, like you can't do that anymore. That's not allowed because that's pretentious. So like right. after, yes. So after hours that I spent creating this freaking ad, I just 
got so angry that I deleted everything and I almost like broke my computer as well, <laughs> which, which fortunately I didn't do. But I was like, I am fucking done with this shit. I'm not going to be, because then you can't be even creative with your texts that you want to write. You got to think, oh, okay, so I cannot use this word because that is assuming that someone might be in this situation in their lives and I'm not allowed to do this. Right. Okay. I guess like, like it's that like targeting of people, like to people. And of course, like you're not like you're not doing hate crimes or anything like that, yeah. but it's like that you are a, you know, a mom who is wanted. are you a mom who's wanting to blah, which is yeah. like such normal marketing speech. Yes. But according to those algorithms, like, you know, according to Facebook's new algorithms, not so much. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot assume that someone is a mom because what if they are not a mom, what if they are a woman that wants to be a mom, but can't be a mom? Oh, right. heard them. And right. Therefore, gotcha. you're not allowed to write this. Right. Yes. Wow. Okay, well, see, this is what I get for never doing Facebook. Ads. <laughs> well, you, you can tell no me if you, if you try your 20 bucks campaign, you can tell me ah! what the experience was. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's crazy. But my question was, that's what I wanted to ask you, actually. So you're building your newsletter because that makes sense. Your contacts are yours. This is where, like, everybody is and you can do with all of the contacts whatever you want. You can keep in touch. What if you hate writing newsletters? Just like me, and like oh, right. this is not this is not something that it's not a working strategy for me because it's just so time consuming. I don't have time for that. I don't have enough babysitting for that. And like putting one single newsletter together takes me forever. Right. Any other ideas how to keep in touch with people if like you don't want to use social media as the main platform? Well, I mean, like if social media is working for you, great. Like use that. That's awesome. Alternatively, like you could just use a newsletter as like a roundup of all your social media posts. Mm, bam. Like a newsletter, bam. It doesn't have to be like a, a whole new brand new thing. Like, shwoom. um, there's, there's, there's so many formats to newsletters. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And I'm not saying that newsletters are the perfect option for me. It is because I really love written and I love, I love long format and I love direct communication. Um, but if you've got different ways, like if you could create a video, like, or if you create this or that, like, think about what you like to create and then put that forward because there's some people who really want the long written stuff. There's some people who really want, like, short, concise. Um, there's some people who like list posts. Like, I gave in that um, that businesses that are quitting social media, I gave some, I, some um, links to people who do all different kinds of newsletters. Um, there's one guy, Austin Cleon, who has written some fantastic books. He just sends out a list of like 10 things that he's interested in each week. And sometimes like their articles like written elsewhere. Sometimes their articles he's written. There's sometimes it's a new book that he's reading, whatever. And I'm like, cool. Like I'm fascinated by that. Like there's so many different ways to do this. Yeah, you're right. It's probably just experimenting with it a little bit. I think for yeah. me, the hardest thing is the consistency with the newsletters. And because I find it, so much more time consuming than just posting something quick on Instagram stories and, you know, whoever sees it, sees it. But then, of course, you, you get that problem of, like, just a fraction of people who actually follow you see that exactly. thing. Yeah. Especially with so stories it, as well, because they also disappear immediately. I, I hate stories with a passion. Like, it just it drives me up the wall that you would have, because they're turning you into a 24-7 content creator. Yes. 
they're turning you into a TV show. Like, this is like Truman Show bullshit. Mm. Yeah, but in a way it kind of works when you are like doing a hundred billion things at the same time. You're right. You do want to, yeah, right. And you're just like, snap, cool. Yeah, yeah. But when I think about it now, talking with you, it's probably more about like creating an illusion for you that you are creating something and posting consistently something. But actually on the other side of the viewer, that's not how it is because again, a fraction of the people who actually follow you even sees that in the first place. And then the other percentage of people, they are so saturated with content from all the other people already that they will probably just click through it anyways and they don't even pay attention to what, a, what you do. So, And is it getting your results? Like, is it like building your business? Because if it is, yay, like work out how to optimize that. And if it's not, yeah. think about other ways to do it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Quite simple. <laughs> yeah. I just had to wait for Skype uh, podcast with you for years to figure this out. <laughs> but wouldn't it be fun like you know you create this stuff on social media like why don't you do like a, just a roundup of like the best things that you've created that week like whether it's yeah. a story or whether it's you know like a, a post or whatever and then you could like maybe flesh it out if you want or just have it as a scrapbook post mm. yeah I like that idea yeah you know like don't treat my newsletter as like a template for how all newsletters must be done yeah. no yeah of course I know that but it was I was just thinking about like if you want to shift away because especially if you're a smaller business or someone who's just starting oftentimes I think we feel like you gotta have a social media presence because otherwise mm -hmm. you won't survive at all like you're basically you're non-existing if you don't have a social media account today yeah yeah but then it's it's not necessarily true you know and there's so many businesses that are doing really well like the dentist that I go to um I went and found to see if she even had a Facebook page and she does but like the last time it was posted on there was like five months ago um and yet she's fully booked you know like she owns two practices she's got like a staff of 14 they're fully booked like weeks out in advance do they need to do social media marketing no like they're fucking booked um and they they've built it not from social media marketing they've built it because they've been really great to their customers mm. yeah and they're known as being wonderful so it's a lot like don't forget word of mouth for me i don't even think of like whether i got discovered on social media for me it's always word of mouth like if i am of service to people enough they're going to tell their friends about me and whether that's on social media or whether that's um, just like face to face, like, Oh my fucking God, have you heard of Leonie Dawson? She's this crazy lady. Um, I just turn up that's and exactly try and how be... I found you. <laughs> right. Really? <laughs> like, Oh my God, have you heard about this crazy person? She's awesome. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I love her. <laughs> See, there we go. Like, you didn't find me on social media. You yeah. found me because you got referred to me. I remember talking to a business coach like 2000 and maybe six or seven. And I said to her, you know, should I be doing more search engine optimization? And she said, no, like Leonie, your business is word of mouth because like it's personality driven, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, 
So there's so many ways to build a business. And I think like at this, at this stage of like human evolution, we all think that um, social media is like all important. You can't survive without it. And it's absolutely not true at all. Yeah. Yeah. My dream is, and again, you're a huge inspiration in this for me, is that like people follow you as a person because they love your personality and basically whatever you do, they will be interested in it because they know it's your projection. It's a projection of your personality. It doesn't really matter what that actual thing is in that very moment or what platform you're using for that. And again, like you went through a huge change, like you freaking closed your fucking academy. That's like your signature thing. That's what you're known for. How did that happen? (laughs) just like I felt like it was given to me as a divine gift when I had a my brand new baby and you know it was kind of like this offering from the angels like if you create this then that will sustain you and your family um and it did and I'm so I'm so grateful for it and then when it came to the point where I felt like the energy was leaving it and leaving like I could feel like its completion was up and I thought, yeah, I could keep it around and could keep earning like lots of money from this, but I feel like I should honor the divine gift that like it was given to me. And now I get to say a good goodbye to it and give so much gratitude for it and create whatever new wants to happen next. Um, and I didn't, wasn't really sure what was going to happen next. I knew I'd still be creating and sharing in some way. Um, but I've started creating kind of like standalone e-courses and that's feeling really great. And mm. it might change in the future and I might do something else completely, or I might go back to having a membership site. Who fucking knows? And who cares? Like it's, it's all good. Like I just keep following where I need to be. And how did you find the whole letting go process though? Like, I'm pretty sure you must have had identity crisis together with it, right? Like, especially when your name is so connected with a product or something. Did you have any moment like this where you were like, oh, if I let go of this, I kind of let go of myself as well, in a way? Oh, no, not at all. Because, like, the opposite. (laughs) well, I mean, it it was an awesome experience and an awesome time, but, like, myself is me. And Mm. no matter what changes in the outside world, I still get to be with my very own best friend, and that's Leonie. And it means that, you know, as soon as I'm by myself, I'm going to start talking to myself and we're going to have a lovely little time. Like, let's go, let's, let's go do this. And so it's like, fun. <laughs> you're so funny. Um, absolutely how I talk to myself out loud if there's no one else around. Um, so, like, it was like to to say goodbye to the academy, it, w- it was like, oh, gosh, okay, this is going to be a big thing for me to do. But... Um, I kind of I built up other income streams to take over from it and I just trusted that you know the next right thing will come up as well Mm. yeah that's kind of amazing because I imagine like I would be so attached to the whole thing I would be like this is what people know me for and it has kind of it's kind of like your baby right in a way like you have all these different attachments to the thing and all of a sudden you're like oh okay it's over like that's a whole process to kind of realize that and then let it sink in and then actually let it go yeah yeah well I think as well like that's the point of like at some point it it was a baby and a toddler and you're like really immersed in the energy of it and then at the end it's sort of like lived at its cycle and so being a good mother is also like saying a good goodbye and allowing it to be exactly what it is, Mm. you know, and sometimes that's, yeah, like it's death is okay. 
ending is okay. At the end of like a, a sacred women's circle, you always like open the circle, you, you finish it. It's a closure there and um, you release all of the energy from that experience. Um, and even though part part of you wants it to like to always stay in that magical energy, there's something really important to having like these closed containers and saying this is the beginning and this is the end and we give thanks for what has what has happened and what has ended um and that way we can take our whole energy and our whole selves into the next new thing and pour all of ourselves into that Mm. yeah do you feel like the closing the academy down is kind of like a closure of the whole downsizing that you went through even with your team and everything and kind of finding the right balance the right size for you Probably, yeah. I think in some ways, um, because how many how many employees did you have when you were the biggest? I think about fifteen, maybe maybe more. Um, and now I'm back down to one part time VA, and I absolutely love it. And I mean, I had to go through that business growth phase. And my accountant said, "Leonie, don't be so tough on yourself. Like, you had to to you know try and build a business business and see if that's what you liked because you had to keep up with the business growth. You're your business was booming and you need to keep up in some way. And you can insource by hiring a team or you can outsource by um, signing agreements with other companies for them to do production and stuff for you. So I tried the insourcing model and just absolutely hated it. Like I hated um, managing staff. I hated managing people dramas. And I hated that my job suddenly became looking after other people instead of like just being able to sit quietly with myself and create and share again. It felt like it became about something else completely and that didn't feel good. Um, so I went through that phase and uh, then realized it just wasn't working and over the space of a couple of years reduced my team way back down again um, and started publishing deals so I didn't have to print my workbooks anymore which were kind of a huge it was a huge kind of logistics part so my publisher gets to hire and manage all the people and I'm like ah, uh something for you no, that he loves doing that you know that's his right zone of genius and I love just sitting in a corner creating and sharing shit um so if the academy I don't like if I hadn't gone through that would I still be doing the academy I still don't think so I think, like, at some point there's got to be an end an end to it and something new would want to come through. So um, I love the new kind of singular e-courses that are coming through. They kind of allow me to create much more immersive, intensive environments um, which have a beginning and an end for people. Mm. And, yeah, it feels, it feels really good all around. And were you worried at all about the clients that are currently in your academy? Were you worried about, like, losing them or – you don't care because you know that you will find different clients that will sign up for your new e-courses so that it just will keep like flowing and finding balance and yeah, like everything will be fine. I guess I treat it like if you have a friend who's doing something and you love what they're doing, but you can kind of see that it's like, there might be something they, they need to change. So say they've got like a store and you love that store, but most of all, you just love that your friend, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she decides, actually, I can't do a store anymore because, you know, like it's taking too much time away from my family or I really want to be doing something else instead. Even though you'd be a little bit sad, um, about losing your favorite store, 
you'd still be really happy for your friend and you'd want your friend first and foremost to take care of themselves and to do what's right for them because nobody wants their friend to sacrifice for them. You know, nobody wants their friend to be miserable just to like keep giving them what they need. And I feel like my clients by and large, and I would say all of them, um, are friends. And I just trust that they would know that it was right for me and that even though they might like feel disappointed and of course have all the feelings about, um, you know, losing one of their favorite places online that they would, um, be able to just give gratitude for the experience and to know that things do end and to want me to do what's right for me as well. Mm, I love this analogy. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. It totally does. And so when you just sit in the the simplicity of it, you're like, oh no, it's totally fine. How are you finding? Because you you said that a couple of times, like you just love being by yourself in your little corner, creating stuff. How are you finding motherhood in this respect? <laughs> I mean, your kids. Oh are right, now, yeah. They are a little bit older now, right? How old are yeah. they? Seven and. They're five and nine. Five and nine. Oh wow. Okay. I thought I know. Star was seven. Well, I kind of go somewhere. I know. <laughs> okay, so they're not toddlers I mean, anymore. They're not toddlers anymore, um, and that's a real gift. Um, one of them started. We, we homeschooled for a couple of years, which was so amazing in lots of ways, and it also just totally broke me in other ways, like introvert-wise. Um, and now one of my kids is at a small independent school and my, I'll be still homeschooling my youngest, but she'll start there next year. Um, it's, you know, motherhood definitely has been one of the most challenging things to my energy levels and to my mental health that I've ever experienced. Yeah. I find this, uh, this why I'm asking you because you are so creative and I felt like I was in the academy when. I think Beth was quite young and you still kept creating content and everything. And I really struggle with this now because I also love being alone, but then like, I don't have that space. I don't have a freaking space. I only have a couple hours in the evening. I do now have some time because I have yay babysitting twice a week for uh, a couple hours in the afternoon. So now for example, so that we can do this and I just find this, being the best time of my entire week. <laughs> right? <laughs> I can it totally be is. By myself and like be by myself and, you know, like have food without sharing with anybody and things like that. But creating is a whole new level because I find like sometimes you're just so drained and burned out that even getting into that creative mode, you kind of need some time to settle, right? To like switch your brain off from that troubleshooting mother thing into yeah. this like flowy creative beautiful space and sometimes yeah. it's not working sometimes there's just too much going on or whatever or like you gotta pick your child earlier or I don't know you you know how yeah it's just not so it's totally not did you have to create any kind of structure around your creative process when you were a mom or did you just go with the flow or like how did that work for you Oh God, going with the flow as if, um, <laughs> no, like I was, I would, I tried like creating around my kid, you know, like mm-hmm. with her and it was just, it, I was really dying on the inside. Um, and so when she was about nine months old or so, I was like, I was really not in a good way by that point. Um, 
in terms of panic attacks and anxiety and postnatal depression. Um, and so I ended up saying to my husband, like, I really actually need to have time away. And so it started just really like small amounts of time. So like maybe one hour, three days a week, and I would leave her with him. Um, and like, I realized I'm remarkably privileged that I have my husband home for that. Um, and if, if you're a person that's going only one hour for three days a week, like you don't understand the kid that I had because this is a baby who cried the moment she was out of my shoulders, out of my arms. And she lived in my arms, um, for years and years. And so like, even if me, for, for me to go away for an hour, I'd go to the park or whatever, I'd come back an hour later and he'd be outside with her and she would still be screaming. Like it was intense. It was really intense. Um, and we got to a point where they were kind of able to develop enough of a relationship where I could take like 10 hours a week. So about two hours a day, five days a week, um, about five hours a week. So I've built my business on 10 hours a week. I've not really had more times than that. There was a short period where I was doing about 20 hours a week and it was just too much of a kick in the balls. So for me, it's, it's just kind of been a necessity. I've been a solo breadwinner creating is the way that I make money. So mm. yeah, I've only got two hours and I'm dead tired, but holy shit, I need to create something in order to make some money. Like I, I gotcha. Otherwise we got no money. Um, so I don't know, necessity really <laughs> is a good motivator. Um, but it, it, it 100% is, is hard. Um, but for me, honestly, 10 hours a week is, is quite sweet in terms of that being alone time for me to create. And, um, I also have a thing where like, I will start work and I'll give myself like 10 or 15 minutes and I actually have like a timer set. I've got my cup of tea and I've got some little, little treat treat for myself self and I watch some YouTube videos for 10 or 15 minutes and that's my little, oh, okay, feel good, feel better with myself now mm-hmm. um, and and then get on and work for the next hour or two. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, so uh, you just reminded me as you were saying that like, well, you just had to create because it was a necessity you reminded me of the artist way of the book. Oh yeah. How when how she talks about like, oh, we think that creativity is this like thing that comes in the peaceful divine moments and only when you're inspired, that's when it happens. But actually you gotta make a habit of it and you gotta start creating even when you feel like shit and you feel like just you wanna sleep or not do anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta get to it and do it anyways. Even if it's shit, like you create that habit. And I have been totally struggling with this. I feel like, Oh, I got to wait for the perfect moment. When oh I'm God. No, it never comes. And, and you know, yeah. So that's what I'm learning. Yeah, that comes. It yeah. never comes. And also I think creating is not a sacrifice. Mm. It's the thing that heals me again and again. And it's the thing that's actually being able to have two hours where I could go and create and think about myself and think about my own thoughts was such a fucking gift um it was it was it was the remedy it wasn't the thing that increased my stress it was the thing that yeah. made everything better and so like when life is particularly hard that's when I need creating and sharing even more and um 
I've just got to get back to writing again and making art again and sharing online again. That's and making new stuff because that's actually the thing that's going to heal me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same recently, especially as Josefina is bigger. She oftentimes like when I make videos or something, she joins in and it's actually fun. That's what makes that's it awesome. look even more real and, you know, down to earth. And it's not all this like polished, I said this sentence 120 times just to make it sound absolutely perfect because like from those 120 times, there will be 120 when she enters the door, starts screaming, she wants food or drink or something. And actually I learned to work with that as well. And now it's just part of my stuff, part of the videos I do. And I even made like a tarot reading course for beginners with her in the videos when she was a baby because it's like, there's no other way I'm going to do it. Yes. She's totally it's like half of the videos. I'm just like moving like this because I am bouncing her in the bouncer on the floor with my foot. And I actually had a couple of comments under the videos like, what are you doing? Why are you moving all the time? And I'm like, that's because I'm trying to keep my baby asleep in the bouncer. (laughs) It's it's like that's And like when I was like in the early born stages, there's so many of my courses like in the academy that I've got one of my kids or both my kids in it, you know, like might as well sign them up to (laughs) to be co-hosts. Yeah, to become a YouTube star. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Leone, for your time. I don't want to hold you anymore. Uh, Oh, Carolina, thank you so much for for asking me to do this. You're a darling, and it's just a joy to to have a yarn again. Oh, I love seeing you. I was a bit scared you won't recognize me with my blonde hair. (laughs) I was like, of course I say yes, Carolina. Of course I was going to recognize you. You were so funny. You were so cute. Well, thank you so much again. Uh, oh, my pleasure, Jalen. Lots and lots of love to you and to your mama heart. And I, I promise it gets easier. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you found the conversation inspiring. If you did, please don't forget to share it with the world or leave it a little review. I'll be thrilled if you send me any feedback or a little love note to my Instagram account at carolina underscore kvas or you can check out my patreon page at patreon.com slash carolina kvas thanks again i hope you have a great day and until next time bye